didn't even write my name. I was simply a guest. I stood two steps behind Tanya, a little bit to her right. Now, it's not that I didn't cut an impressive figure. I was decked out in my traveling clothes, which uh, recently includes knee-high stock, knee-high socks. I, I kind of like them because they're like, no one else wears knee-high socks. It's like with Birkenstocks and shorts. But I had my knee-high socks on. What I've come to realize is like knee-high socks, try it sometimes, okay? Good for circulation on a plane, but also it's like a little tiny hug for your calf. Just like, ah, like you're loving your calf. Feels. Knee-high socks, uh, Birkenstock Bostons, uh, twin 6T, and a Rafa cassette. This Rafa cassette. Cassette, French for cap. I like to flip it up like that. My status, my standing, didn't allow me entrance on my own. Delta Airlines created some turbulence on the ground these last couple weeks, starting in 2024. They will be limiting access to the prestigious Sky Club. The Sky Club lets you escape the hustle and bustle of the terminal. And you have this certain sense of superiority as you walk in, even if it's only because of your spouse's status. Once inside, what may be seen as a bougie scene is really just as busy as the rest of the terminal, okay? And that's part of the problem, right? Because Delta wants to reward its biggest spenders with something special and is going to read out, weed out the riffraff, the folks who don't belong there, like me. Knee-high socks, Rafa cassette. Predictably, People who buy very little actual dollars spent on airline tickets are demanding, demanding that Delta rethink or they're going to take their business somewhere else. Unlikely, says me, since the people that Delta really want to reward don't care. In fact, the people that Delta really want to reward would love it if the riffraff, me, weren't in their sacred space. So, if you want something for free, get ready to pay for it in February See, I did the wrong thing there. Isn't that kind of cute? Yeah, I thought so too. 975, where we find ourselves today, verse 17, the last two of chapter 6, which is the last chapter of the book of Galatians, Paul's letter to this group of friends that live in this area. Think modern-day Turkey, roughly. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks, Greek word is stigmata, of Jesus. Paul's paid his dues. He's put in the miles, the late nights, the long weekends. The travel has been brutal. If there's a person who deserved the Sky Club on merit alone, it would be Paul. Maybe it's why he could be a little surly, right? Maybe if there had been a Sky Club for Paul, he would have been a little less surly in some situations. He's a guy who survived on next to nothing and in the next breath has dined with kings and governors. He's occupied seats of honor. He has healed people. He's killed people. When he says, I have done this thing, this thing being an apostle of Jesus, he experienced that life, knowing the pain, knowing the victory, knowing the cold wind and the warm sunshine. You can be certain he is not gaslighting us. And I think that's important to realize, right? Because a lot of people, especially we have this temptation in Western Christianity 
to sell a bill of goods that if you become a follower of Jesus Christ, everything will be easy and everything will be perfect. And certainly that no one in the Bible understands the pain that I'm experiencing, which in some ways is true. No one understands the pain that you are experiencing. But to say that the people who followed Jesus in the Bible didn't experience pain would be a misnomer. Paul speaks from a position of real-world experience. The totality of life. And I think it's important to realize that even though following Jesus Christ is the best decision Paul ever made and could ever make, it wasn't easy. And I think I lose sight of this so easily. I want life to be easy. I want life to always make sense. Paul's example, it's often not easy. It often doesn't make sense. It's hard. It's not always hard. But Paul would say, don't be surprised when it's hard. I think Paul would also say, don't make it harder than it is. Oh, I like doing that. I like making life harder than it is through my choices. Remember the letters email from early part of uh, August? If you're new to Timberwood, as part of encouraging spiritual formation, we uh, send out a weekly, weekly letter. We need your email address, and, and then we'll send you out a weekly letter. It's just kind of a little devotional. It hits usually on Thursday mornings, and, and it's, this, it's just kind of a little pause in the week, right? Kind of encourage one another typically focuses on a given Bible verse, but we need to know that you're here, right? Otherwise, you can't get it. But if we know you're here, like so if you fill out a Connect card, see what I just did there? At any rate, at the beginning of the August, uh, the, the, the verses revolved around suffering because of Christ versus suffering because of self. Reread those, right? Paul says, from now on, let no one cause me trouble for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. This idea of identity, the marks, the Greek word stigmata, the marks of Christ where he was, right? And, and the thorns. In fact, post-Christ, there's been various points in history where a quote-unquote miracle has taken place, where a stigmata took place on an individual. It's this powerful thing, Right? You can question that. You can challenge that. The Greek word stigmata, it's where it comes from, right? It's also what you would do to a slave. If you had a slave, you would mark them. If you fancy the, star, the show Yellowstone, right? Intense, right? Kind of, kind of a modern-day Western version of, of uh, The Godfather. Think the brand, okay? The Why? kind of a stylized Y with a, with a little concave thing at the bottom of it. Everything belonging to the Dutton Ranch has the brand on it, right? The buildings, the cattle, e even the humans. Like I said, intense. It, it's not a literal brand here. Paul isn't saying he's been branded with a hot poker. It's figurative. But Paul is saying, I have been branded as a follower of Christ. I have the mark of Jesus on me. 
You might also think, okay, if you fancy the book of Revelation, okay, uh, end of chapter 13, beginning of chapter 14, okay, there's this picture of the mark of the beast, and then right away in chapter 14, we often miss it because we like focus on the mark of the beast, which I don't understand. Don't worry about the mark of the beast if you're worried about the mark of God. 13 to 14, just read it. It's right there. It's okay, but not right now because like this is really important that I tell you this, right? Although if you want to read the Bible, reading the Bible is more important than listening to me, so knock yourself out. At any rate, the mark of God. Those who identify themselves have the mark of God. Jesus says, I have the mark of Jesus on me. And it really invites this question. To whom are we loyal? Whose mark? Whose brand is on our body? And with what have we been identified? Paul's like, it's not circumcision. It's not ethnicity. It's not gender. It's not socioeconomic status, right? Right? Paul said that. Chapter 3, verse 28. It's not any of those things. It really, to paraphrase the entire book of Galatians, the entire message of Paul, I will argue, is it the crowd or is it the Christ? Who are we most impressed by? Who are we most marked by? Who do we most authentically represent in our lives? The crowd or the Christ? From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace, a tip of the hat, a wag of the finger. Paul's like, back off and grace to you. I wish it was easier for me to say back off. Have you ever been wanting to be in the situation where you're like kind of on the defensive and you're on the ropes and you're like, if I could only think of the perfect thing to say in this situation, just the zinger that would put that person in their place, just back off. I usually think of it later, which is odd, right? Because I make my living with words. You'd think I would be able to come up with the perfect comeback in the moment. I should be able to do that, right? That should be in my skill set. Unless, of course, that's not what God wants me to do in that situation. I always like to flip these kind of things around, right? I wish it was easier for me to say back off. But maybe I'm the person who needs to hear you say back off. Another way of putting it. What if Paul's looking for just a little bit of compassion? What if I chose to view you in this way? What if you chose to view me in this way? A couple weeks ago, we, we talked about the reality that, that all of us have a need for a Savior. Okay, I proved it again this week. I have a need for a Savior. I can't do life on my own. I cannot save myself. To that, what if I viewed you, what if you viewed me with compassion? What are the wars that you have been through 
What if we shared our stories? What are the hard things that we've experienced? What are the things that, 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 that don't make sense? And then how can we view each other with compassion to individuals who desperately need a Savior instead of being marked by our differences? Can I ask for compassion to be given? Which is easier for you? To give compassion to someone else or take it for yourself? Or maybe neither, right? Maybe you're like, I give no quarter, I take no quarter. That's a great life philosophy. Yeah, see how that works for you. Bitter and old and grumpy. It's both, right? It's both. Being able to receive compassion, you need compassion. I need compassion. It's how Christ looks at us. And because it's how Christ looks for us, it's an example to us. It's what we should give. Ran into a guy on the plane. Well, actually, I didn't run into him. You know, he, he kind of ran ahead. Well, actually, he walked. You know the guy, okay? And it was a guy. Plane has landed. You're taxiing to the gate. Seatbelt sign is still on. You know what's coming, right? You know this guy. This guy drives me nuts. <laughs> and it doesn't matter the age. I was once an absolute jerk to a little tiny boy on a flight from Amman, Jordan to Paris, France. And I'm just like, I still regret that moment in my life. Good job for the kingdom of God, John. At any rate, so typically what I do is I just like, I just like get up, right? And just like stand because I think the people in front of me should go before me. And then I let my seatmate, roommates go first. I didn't get up quick enough this time. And this guy comes charging up, you know, you're just like, you're like, where are you going? Where are you going? You're not going to get what? You're going to get two rows ahead of where you were. You're not going. I hate that behavior. I hate it. And Tanya hates when I use that word. I hate it. <laughs> but what if the guy just needs a hug? I mean, if you're in that much of a hurry, if you're that angry, have you ever seen some of the rants, some of the, the letters to the editor, some of the, and you're just like, dang, you need a hug. <laughs> Not sure I'm the one that should give it to him because I'd probably stab him in the back as I'm going in. <laughs> just, I'm just trying to be honest. View me with compassion and let me view you with compassion. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my mar body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters, sisters and brothers. It's a deal, but it ain't cheap. The grace of Jesus, go back to the beginning, chapter 1 only a page away. 
Verse 3 and 4, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins. What a sanitized way to discuss or describe the crucifixion. Seriously? That's all he, who gave himself? That, that's like shorthand for the most brutal way to die, who gave himself, okay? It's costly. It is not free in its procurement, but it is free for the taken. It is free to me, but it is not free. It is free to you, but it is not free. It is free for the asking, but we have to ask. We have to be willing to engage. It's not a one-sided thing. It's not God saying, affirmative fiat, you will do this. It's Jesus. And just so we know, Jesus is the English name, right? Like if Jesus walked in right now and we said Jesus, he probably wouldn't like look at us because like his name was Yeshua, right? We get that, right? Jesus wasn't English or even Northern European. He was a Jew from the Middle East. He spoke probably Greek, Aramaic, Hebrew. And his name, Yeshua, literally means God saves, salvation. It's Yeshua standing, saying, hey, it's been a while. Can we talk about your life? And it's whether or not we're willing to respond to that inquiry wrapped in compassion, delivered with love, revisiting the question, to whom are we loyal? Whose mark, whose brand is on our body? With what have we identified? It's not circumcision. It's not ethnicity. It's not gender. It's not socioeconomic. It's not politics. All of those things, all of those things, so secondary, so temporary, so not eternal. Is it the crowd or the Christ? Is it the temporal or the eternal? Jesus said, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him has eternal life. I say this to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. That's the grace of Jesus Christ. That's the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ to you 
to my brothers and sisters, my sisters and brothers. Please pray with me. Will you let the Spirit of God do business with you today? This idea of compassion. Maybe there was a time this last week where you didn't give compassion where you should have. Or a time this last week where you needed compassion and didn't get it. Maybe you would cry out to a holy God and say, Father, Spirit, Jesus, Yeshua. Give me what I need so I can be the person that wears your brand. Or maybe... Or maybe you've never started a relationship with Jesus or haven't talked with him for a long, long, long time. And Jesus stands. Yeshua stands and says, hey, let me in. And maybe the best thing that you could do right now with a God who views you with compassion is say yes to life. Say yes to identity. Say yes to forgiveness. Spirit of God, thank you for the power of the words that you have made certain we would read 2,000 years after they were written. continue to move in our hearts and lives. Encourage us. Encourage us to be the people of God we are created to be. Sustain us when life is hard. Let us celebrate when life is good. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.